0: You're listening to Tom and Buck on 93.7 The Ticket and the ticketfM.com.
1: This is Tom and Buck on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, Nick in for Tom today, but we're excited now to bring in Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. covers Nebraska for The Athletic. Uh, Mitch, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's good to hear from you. It's kind of weird uh, as we build up for this Wisconsin game. It seems like there's not a whole lot of buildup, but Nick and I were just discussing there seems to be still a lot kind of out there on the line. I wanted to ask you this. If, if Adrian can kind of turn things around here, maybe get a win, maybe if he gets two wins in the final two games, I know that's asking a lot, could that change kind of the idea of him? A, a lot of people kind of written off the idea of him coming back. Do you think that a, a win or two in down the stretch could kind of change that narrative?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, if he goes, if he goes out this season and finishes with victory, leads Nebraska to victory against Wisconsin and Iowa, then yeah, I do, I do. I think the narrative would change. I think people would feel like maybe he turned a corner. Um, you know, that's, th- th- there's going to be a, a lot more to this discussion when Scott Frost makes this hire for an offensive coordinator, uh, and a quarterback's coach. Presumably that's the same coach, but, you know, still could be two. They could structure the, set, the staff the exact same way that the old one was structured if they wanted, and have a quarterbacks coach who was separate from the coordinator. I, I, don't, I don't expect that to happen. The, that coach or those coaches are going to have a lot of uh, of they're going to factor heavily in this decision about the quarterback. So I, I don't think Adrian's going to, unless he's just determined that he's that he's leaving, that his time here is up. Um, I, then I don't think we're going to learn about this until there's an opportunity for him to get in the same room with the new coaching staff. Um but yeah, I mean the the opportunity for him to finish well and do it against a couple of opponents who who are meaningful on this Nebraska schedule is still there despite the uh, impossibility of uh, uh or next next to impossibility of Nebraska getting to a bowl game this season.
2: Mitch, just you know, a general question, I suppose. What do you think the timeline for Nebraska to find a coordinator is? Because Scott Frost kind of talked about it a little bit today, that there's been some some relatively good interest in the job. What, what do you think the timeline is for that to be filled?
0: Uh, soon. Uh, I don't think it's going to go a whole lot past the uh, end of the regular season, mm-hmm. end of the season for Nebraska. So that's November 26th. Uh, the, the Black Friday game, uh, I could see Nebraska having something in place by December 1st, uh, if not then, then, then soon after. Um, you've got a recruiting class to think about with the signing day that's coming up uh, a couple of weeks after that. So it's, it's important uh, as you sign the players who are committed, as you, as you try to add to that class, as you look to the transfer portal, as you work to avoid uh, having players in your system enter the transfer portal, it's important to, to know who's going to be coaching this team and this offense. Well, we know who's coaching the team, but who's going to be mm-hmm. coaching this, this, this offense. Um, you know, part of the reason that Nebraska moved to separate from the four coaches fired last week is, is what was to uh, speed up this process so, so that it could um, show how serious it was about moving forward and doing it fast. So, you know, if we're sitting here on December 10th, and Scott Frost is still looking for an offensive coordinator. Uh, that to me is concerning because it means that he's he struck out, um, he's incisive, whatever it is. I, I don't I don't believe that that will be the case. I, I think it's the, the the time the timeline at least for for the OC is is small. And then that that coach is going to have some say, some significant say in the other offensive positions that need to be filled
1: it's fascinating talk to Mitch Sherman of the athletic here um, and a question off the text line that I, I thought you'd be a better maybe prepared to answer is is, is this offensive coordinator the, the, the guys that they're going after do you think it's likely going to have to be somebody taking a step up in the profession to get to Nebraska or a guy that maybe isn't currently coaching now because how hard would it be to get maybe someone that's on the same level as a Nebraska knowing this is a one-year uh, kind of window here to see if it works
0: Well, he wants to get an experienced guy. I don't don't think he wants to test out, you know, a guy who's going to be calling plays for the first time or maybe moving up from a position coach role. Uh, I I think this hire is is going to be of a a coach who has called plays, um, likely at a power five level or or above. Um, Not saying they're going to go raid the NFL for an offensive coordinator. That seems that seems unlikely. Um, But you know, there are reasons why this job is, is enticing, and even if it does end up just being a one year thing. Coach is likely going to get paid for two seasons. You know, I I I, I don't think you're, you're, you're going to offer a coordinator a three-year contract. But hey, if that's what it takes to uh, to get a guy in to to uh, give you the best chance to have success in 2022, um, then I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything uh, outside the the realm of possibility. Um, it's enticing because it's a Big Ten job that pays well, and it's an opportunity for someone to step up in the profession. You know, maybe you're coming from a, a high Group of Five level. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe you're a coordinator who, who uh, has fallen back into a role of position coach, but has experience calling plays. Um, you know, there are a variety of reasons why a coach may be looking to make a move. So I I, I don't think that he is going to be that Frost is going to be uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel by any means as as he looks through candidates. Nebraska is an attractive place to coach. What you know? What, regardless of Scott Frost's record and the recent lack of success in this program, um, I think they're going to have have people out there who show interest in this job, and and, and, and likely already have. So um, you're not going to need, I, I wouldn't think, a, a guy who who is is jumping up into a, a position like this for the first time in his career.
1: And another interesting factor in all of this is kind of people saying you have to kind of you know you can't change the offense too much uh, with this one year experiment, and so you kind of just have to coach to your personnel. Usually, when you're talking about coaching to your personnel, you're talking about your, your you know your wide receivers, your running backs, your quarterback. In this case, it, it might be the the lack of protection you have from the offensive line. Do you think that there's a, a possibility seeing that that maybe the tweak in the offense is quick short passes, no, not as many long developing routes, and you know more crossing routes, more sit downs, that type of. Thing,
0: yeah, I could see something like that. I could see, uh, um, you know, Nebraska has that kind of stuff in its system, and and you know, it hasn't been really successful. Um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint the exact reason. Is it re- is it the receivers? Is it the quarterback? Um, you know, it should be easier for the offensive line to be able to block in a, in a short passing scheme. You know, is it the defenses that Nebraska is going against? Is the Big Ten you know so disciplined? Does it have um, such good play at the linebacker spots at that second level, so that it's difficult for those kind of plays to. To unfold, um, and I don't have I don't have a great answer for that. I'm not in the film room studying. Um, you know, it's a I think it's a good question. It's a good question for uh, for Frost, and you know, and even more so when they when they do put this new staff together. Um, you, you know, is is that something that Nebraska will look at because of its difficulties with this offensive line? In protecting the quarterback, you know, do you need to be more quick developing with the with the the, the, the workload of plays that that, that guy is, is asked to do? That quarterback is asked to do. You know, we've yet to see Adrian Martinez make it through a season in 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 good health. You know, this year uh, it is, is falls right in line with uh, the, the the three years previous. You know, he's had. As we learned after the Ohio State game, a, a broken jaw. He's had a high ankle sprain. Of course, that one happened in practice, so it wasn't necessarily you know the fault of poor protection in, in, in a game. Um, but the the broken jaw was. That was a play where where his protection broke down. Um, he had to he had to move and run on a I believe it was a third and long play, and he got hit at the at the end of the run. So that kind of stuff is going to continue to happen if you don't have solid offensive line play. I, I think that 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 as Nebraska. Um, molded scheme for 2022 Um, there's going to be a ton of focus of course on the kind of offense that they're going to run on the guy who's calling the plays but um, of 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 great importance as much importance as anything else is going to be fixing some of those problems with protection and what they're doing up front and that means looking at everybody who's in the program looking at guys who are in the portal and figuring out how to get the best five offensive linemen you can on the field to block for, for whomever your quarterback is in the backs who are asked to carry the ball.
1: And now there's a lot of if and wins when talking about this program right now, it's kind of an interesting time to cover them. Um, but there is one if and when we know at this time, two thirty kickoff against Wisconsin uh, this Saturday. Uh, do you think that the, that, that it's likely another, and despite all the, the off season, you know, the off the field distractions or whatever, this is another close game. It kind of looks like it's, it's set up to be, or do you think that there's a possibility uh, that Wisconsin runs away a bit with this?
0: Yeah, I you know I I, I could see um, Wisconsin imposing their will on Nebraska. They're they're the the the, the one opponent. Um, you, know, you could put Iowa in that category, I suppose. Minnesota falls into that category a little bit, but Wisconsin is the best at that style of play in the Big Ten and in the Big Ten West. And um, I would expect that uh, that, that that's going to be Wisconsin's game plan to test Nebraska's will to see if this team um, has what it takes to stand up to a physical. Uh, game plan from the Badgers for four quarters. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, Nebraska's playing without obviously one of its best defensive players in Jojo Doman. Um, you know, the, the motivational factor as the Huskers go back on the road where they haven't played the best this season, um, I, I think is, is something that's worth looking at, um, uh, with the three and seven record and, and no postseason in, in, uh, in view. So, um, th- this is not the team this is that I would expect to, to, to cash it in and and say we're done and and give up because that's not what they've done at any point we've, we've seen really no sign of it over over 10 games but uh you know wisconsin is going to test that resolve uh more than any opponent on, on the schedule to date. even even ohio state um and, and you know if i i don't think it gets out of hand early but I, you know i could see this becoming uh the kind of margin for for the badgers margin of victory for the badgers that that is greater than what Uh, we've seen in in the previous seven losses for Nebraska.
2: We're talking to Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, I want to kind of ask a general question analyzing just the quarterback room, I guess, because um, we've had a lot of questions today, and and I kind of want to send it, your way as well about the potential of nebraska playing guys behind adrian martinez in that room but like you just said nebraska hasn't shown that they're going to give up i I don't expect personally that they're they're going to go out and try to win this game basically and and it kind of showed in purdue that adrian was still their best um chance to win that ball game even with four interceptions so i I just i I want to give you a chance to respond on this and, and respond to some questions is there any potential that they play any guys behind adrian martinez on saturday
0: Sure, uh, I, I think it could happen. Um, you know, I think um, you know there has been kind of this um, this uh, this movement uh, afoot, somewhat in the mm-hmm. program since the Ohio State game, to um, at least open up the possibility that Nebraska will look at Logan Smothers uh, in this game in a, in, a, in a certain role. Um, I don't I I don't think it's going to be uh, significant, but. Um, if he gets on the field, uh, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, Maybe it's in some kind of a package. I mean, you've got to do whatever you can do to give yourself the best chance against this defense. This is an unforgiving Wisconsin defense. And, you know, much like the conversations that we were having at the beginning of last season with Luke McCaffrey, just finding a way to get him on the field because he's one of your better athletes, um, you know, I think that that is in play somewhat with with Logan Smothers. Um, Nebraska's short a bit at the running back position this week. Um, We heard from Scott Frost today that Ramir Johnson is banged up. Xavier Morrison uh, is no longer with the team. Um, We don't know the status uh, of Jacquez Yant after he um, disappeared somewhat at the end of the Ohio State game. Uh, I'm not expecting him necessarily to be uh, available and ready to go in, in this game. So there's limited options at the running back spot, and you have to find a way to be able to move the ball um, other than just putting it up 30 or 40 times in these next two games. Maybe that means incorporating Logan Smothers in some kind of a role. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, uh, you know, he's out there on the
1: field. And Mitch, one of the better uh, people to ask about the Big Ten at large, so we got a, a split room today, so I want to ask you about this. Uh, Mel Tucker uh, expected to get 10 years, $95 million. Uh, I believe this puts Michigan State kind of on the map, so to speak, in the Big Ten East, uh, saying that they are going to be a player in that tough division over the next 10 years. Uh, Nick kind of thinks that you know maybe Kenneth Walker is kind of leading that team more than Mel Tucker, and, and this is a bit of an overreaction to that. Which, uh, which side would you lean toward?
0: Oh, I, I'm a I'm a believer in Mel Tucker. Um, everything I've seen from him at Michigan State, uh, you know, and I had questions when he went to Colorado. He didn't seem like a great fit in the Pac-12. Um, you know, he's he was a, he's an SEC guy, um, and you know, I, I think he was smart to get out of Boulder um, as quickly as as he did. Um, although that raised some eyebrows, um, but uh, you know, it worked out for him to get to the Big Ten, a place where he seems uh, to be a, a great fit in East Lansing. You know, I don't I'm not I'm not in the camp that like this is because of kenneth walker or you know finding finding good luck week after week i i, I think you know you create your own luck and he he went out and found kenneth walker in the transfer portal i think you know he's he's, he's proven that um you know he can turn team in a, in a short period of time um that's a that's a a lot of money to throw at any coach um you know let alone one who has been at the school for less than two years. So yeah, 10 years, 95 million. If that is in fact the extension that he signs, I find that to be a a bit of an overreaction to the success that Michigan state has had this year. But you know what, when you're in East Lansing, that's kind of what you have to do. um, If you find yourself in this position with a coach who's going to be as coveted as he is. Um, So if, if, if that happens and he gets that contract, it elevates Michigan state as a program, Undoubtedly, it, it it improves the Spartans' ability to be able to recruit. Now, where do they stack up in the Big Ten East? They're still not ahead of Ohio State. They're still not ahead of Michigan. They're still not ahead of Penn State. Um, and you know, and we'll see in the in the future of this conference. Um, we're going through uh, changes in the landscape of college football right now. We'll see you know where the um, you know where the dominoes fall, and if we even have divisions in the kind of setup that they are long term. I mean, ten years is a long way to think down the road. And, you know, I find it hard to believe that the Big Ten is going to be split in the same way, East and West, um, you know, seven, eight, nine years from now. So what Mel Tucker, the challenges that he would have in 2022, uh, at Michigan State, they could be significantly different in, in, in 2030 if he's still there working on this, uh, on this potential huge contract extension. But, um, for sure, it, it increases, uh, Michigan State's, um, it would increase Michigan State's relevance and, uh, um, and and, and importance uh, in in the Big Ten and,
1: and on the map nationally. He's Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, thank you so much for your time and insight today. Okay, thanks, guys. There he goes. Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, interesting views there, especially on Michigan State toward the end. we got to take a quick break, but on the other side, we will pregame. We'll get the birthday guy in here. Hopefully. He's been pretty busy all afternoon. But we're going to try to get him in here uh, to get us going. That's coming up next year on Tom and Bach and 93.7 The Ticket.
0: You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.